0: Um, tonight, I want to talk to you uh, about the battle for your soul, okay? We're going to talk about the soul tonight because, you know, we all, it's not if we go through spiritual warfare, is when we go through spiritual warfare, amen? If you are a child of God, you will either, you know, it, it, it doesn't matter as I'm speaking to this group of people here tonight, some of you have just come out of spiritual warfare. Some of you are going through spiritual warfare, and some of you will, will be going through a, some type of spiritual battle. You, you know, you're probably getting ready to. Okay, so it's not, the question is not if, is when. And so the battle for your soul, the, the real spiritual warfare is either lost or won, in your soul. So tonight I want us to look at 2 Corinthians 10.3-9. to 9. Um, Do we have? Th- there we go. Thank you. Um, verse 3 says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ, and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. So here, the Apostle Paul tells us that even though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh, because the weapons of our warfare, are not carnal, but they are mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. The real battlefield is really not in the spirit. It's in the mind. It's in the soul. Proverbs 4.23 says, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Above all else, you are to guard what? Your heart. Now, anytime you read in the Bible, heart, mind, or soul, they're the same thing, okay? Let's read one more scripture, and then we're going to really get into that. Um, Third John 1, 2 says, Beloved, I wish above all things that you may prosper in all things and be in health, just as your soul prospers. In other words, if your soul prospers, then you are going to prosper in all things. Okay? So a lot of things that we experience in the physical are dependent on what happens in the soul, on whether the battle is won in the soul or not. Okay? So we are created in the image of God. We are, you know, uh, triune beings. And we have this chart up here just so you can kind of get a visual. You are a spirit. We are created in the image of God. Isn't that amazing? That we, the only thing that God created with a spirit is us, humans. So we are created. That's why we are created. We are like God because we are spirit. God is spirit. And so, and then we possess a soul. Now the soul, and as I mentioned earlier, when you think of soul, you think of your mind. Your soul is made up of your mind or your thoughts, your emotions or your feelings, and your will. Okay? Uh, and then you have, we walk in a body, okay? I'm going to give you an example. Townsend, do you have your laptop? Uh, if you can grab your laptop. And I'm going to give you, uh, I love to give people pictures because, you know, sometimes those stick with us and then we can refer back to them. But I want you to think of this computer. This computer has three dimensions, okay? It's, this is... The outside, what you see, you may would say, is the body. Okay, we, we can see it, we can feel it, we can hold it. Now, this computer, although you do not see see it, it has a hard drive. And the hard drive in there stores all the information. Okay, all the data is stored in the hard drive. The hard drive represents the soul. That's really how our soul is. It's where all the information, all the memories are stored. And then with any computer, if you don't have Wi-Fi, you're not going to get very much done, right? So the Wi-Fi is, really represents, is unseen, right? You can't see the Wi-Fi in this room, right? But you know, it's real because when you go on there to log on, you're connected to something that is unseen. So that is the spiritual world. Okay, does that make sense? This is just an, an example to show you the, um, the three dimensions of who we are. And so the, the most important part of, of course, the spirit is the most important part, but because that's who we are, but the soul determines whether what's been deposited in your spirit gets to your body. Okay, so I'm going to give you an example. I need three volunteers. Three volunteers. Okay, Janet, Brother Harry, and Townsend, come on up. All right, we have three volunteers. Okay, so we're, we're going to use them as an illustration. Janet, I'm going to put you in the middle between the, the wise guys. Here, Townsend, there you go, there you go. All right. So we're going to say that Brother Harry is the, represents the spirit, okay? Sister Janet represents the soul, and Townsend represents the body. So you have the spirit. Now, referring back to the computer uh, analogy, in the fall of man, there was a virus that was introduced because of sin, right? Right? So in that hard drive, now the the fallen man, the fallen nature has the sin virus. And that's why we needed Jesus to come through the Holy Spirit to bring the antivirus and come in and redeem our soul. Okay? So we're going to go back and forth between these two examples because what I want to share with you tonight about the the spirit, when Jesus came and he redeemed our spirit, um, in our fallen nature, before we uh, ask Jesus to come into our heart to redeem us, uh, we're fallen, right? We've all fallen and come short of the glory of God. But let's, let's pretend that, you know, we're all children of God, and, and Brother Harry here, his spirit has been redeemed, okay? Now, Sister Janet represents the soul, okay? Now, when you get saved, your spirit gets saved. Does your soul get saved? The soul has to be renewed, right? How often? Daily, daily. You know, Jesus' first message when he came, his priority of, the priority of his message was what? Repent. Repent. Repent means change your mind. Change your way of thinking. Change your mind. Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. So the soul needs a lot of work, okay? Because the soul needs to be renewed, needs to be repented, change your mind, change your thinking, and then you have the body. Townsend represents Adi here. Okay, now. The soul is the medium between the spirit and the body. And the soul, you're, really and truly, you could say the spirit is the most important thing, but if the spirit has everything that God has deposited and provided for you, and you're not experiencing it in your body because of the soul right here, then you're not not experiencing the kingdom of heaven in reality in your life. So really and truly, the most important part, whether it's a spiritual battle or just living day-to-day life, is your soul. But yet, how much time do we spend on the soul? On getting the soul healed, getting the soul healed, whole and well, the hard drive, because the hard drive has that virus, and it needs to be regenerated, restored. Amen? And and so how much time, and it, that's really my, my passion. That's why I teach the, you know, I've written a book, Healing the Broken Heart, and I teach Healing the Soul, because I see so many Christians stuck. they They know the talk. They know know the scriptures, they they know everything, but their life does not reflect the Word of God. There's a, there's a, a contradiction there, and that's where there's a lot of frustration, it's because we don't understand about the soul. See, the soul is the interpreter. I've... Uh, preached before, and I was on both sides. I, I've been the interpreter before, and I've been the person needed an interpreter. And so let's say this last time we went to Romania, I was preaching in English, because I'm starting to forget Romanian, bad girl. And um, <laughs> I was just more comfortable preaching in English, and then I had an interpreter. Okay, and this Townsend represents the audience. Okay, so as I was preaching in English, my message was important. I was the original source of the message, right? But what if my interpreter over here misinterpreted what I was saying? She decides, you know what, I'm just going to say what my experiences have been, what I think should be said then the body or the audience was getting the wrong message, right? Right? It wasn't getting the original message that I intended. So that's what happens when there is a virus or misunderstanding of the, from the soul, from, from the spirit to the soul. It translates the wrong thing to the body. There's a, there's a disconnect there. There. And that's why the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God that's been deposited in the spirit, see, everything we need, God is not withholding any good thing from those who walk uprightly. See, God has already given us the kingdom. God has already made provision for everything to walk in the kingdom of God, to experience heaven on earth. So why aren't we experiencing in in the physical? It's because of the soul. The soul, the spirit has a message, but the soul is sending a different message to the body. So now the body is experiencing the opposite of what the spirit is saying. So the soul is the most important, wouldn't you say? Wouldn't you say? Yeah, the spirit is very important because that's really where, you know the the source comes from but if the soul is broken if the hard drive has a virus in it it's going to send the wrong message to the body and vice versa the body through the five senses that's how the enemy works see from this side god wants to get what's in your spirit through your soul into your body. Through your mind, through your emotion, and through your will. He wants to get it through. Now, the enemy, he, he doesn't have access to your spirit anymore. Because you, you are, you've been sealed. You have been born again. Now, the Holy Spirit lives in your spirit. So, the enemy, so, see, there's, there's a battle. That's where the battle really is. Okay, I'm going to put it very plain and simple to you. I, I'm teaching you as I would teach my three kids. Okay, because I want you to get it. I want you to understand this is so important. So God wants your God wants your um, soul to be healed and whole so he can get heaven, the provision of heaven to you and to the world because it's through your through your will that that happens and then the enemy wants to do the same thing and he does it through the five senses through the five gates we have five gates that we have to watch and guard okay and that is through your sight through your ears through your taste through your touch and through what else am i missing a smell we have to watch the gates, to guard the gates, because that's where the enemy now, do, you, am I, do I live in a different world than you do? That is, it's just that simple. That's how the enemy wants to bring in the virus through our five senses into our soul to poison the soul, to get the soul all confused and hurting and messed up. So now you're not getting anything from the spirit world, from the spirit of God. Does that make sense? Thank you guys so much. I appreciate it. (laughs) Great job. Great job. So if we understand that the soul, we get the soul right. Why do you think David talk to his soul all the time, you know, because he knew that if he could get his soul, his mind, his emotions, and his will to line up with what God says, then his body is going to follow. Then everything else is going to be okay. And see, the enemy tonight is not really after your body. He's really after your soul. Because see, because we have a will the only the only creation on earth that has a spirit and a will is humans and god why did god give us a will he gave us a will so we can exercise his will from heaven here on earth So we can bring his will from heaven so we can will the same thing here on the earth. So you see why the enemy is after our will. Because he says, okay, if through your thoughts and through your feelings, I can get you to make the wrong decision, I can uh, uh, impact your will... I can influence your will, then you're going to make the decisions that are either going to bring you down, so you're self-destructing. Now, do you understand why the church makes up the demons? And, you know, it's like when people start naming demons and talking about demons and all of this, it's like, honey, I don't even think you need to worry about that right now because, you know, if you get your soul right, I I don't think... Just the scripture that we read in the, in the beginning, it says, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing what? Every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. In other words, the demons don't need to get involved in your life if your soul is broken. Because through your will, through your decisions, you're going to self-destruct. Every decision you make, every decision you make, it's either drawing you closer to God or further from God. So now you see that's really where the battle is, where, what the enemy is really after and what God is really after. God wants your will surrendered to his will so he can bring in, usher in his kingdom through the decisions that you make. Simple, simple thing. We just, I hope all of you went and voted yesterday. It's, it's a privilege, right? Your will, when you voted, the decision that you made either ushers in life or death, right? So you see how important it is, not just for us individually, but for us corporately, that we pray and we say, God, what do you say about this? What should I do? What should I say? And you're thinking, you know, some people are like, well, we don't talk about politics in church. Well, we don't, but God uses human governments to, he wants to use human governments to execute his will here on earth. Otherwise, if we as a church, we say, "Uh uh-uh, we don't want to talk about politics. Then Satan says, okay, great. (laughs) Give me the field. I'll take it. And he will bring his will through human governments. So we do have a responsibility as citizens of heaven to usher in the kingdom of God through every decision that we make. And that's why the will is so important. Now, um, let's see. Jesus, when he came, yes, he came to redeem our spirit because our spirit was dead. But he also came to redeem our will. Because he said, if I redeem your will, then you're going to make the decision to say yes to God. Right? he cannot, did you know that God cannot get you saved without your will, right? You have to make that decision yourself. So Jesus, he said, if I can get your will redeemed and restored, then you're going to make the right decision. So one of the most important decisions that you will ever make is to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. So here, Jesus comes and Matthew four seventeen, he says, I, "I've come to bring you to repentance to change your mind." So that was his priority. His priority was your soul and your mind first, so that now your will can align with God's will. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Through our spirit. See, because God is spirit, God cannot come down to earth in physical body. He did through Jesus Christ, and that's how we were restored back to the kingdom. But now we are his agents here on earth. And he says that if I can redeem mankind's will, because Adam and Eve, they gave their will away when they said in the garden, when God says, do not eat. Of the tree. And they said... In that garden... The first Adam says... Father... Not thy will... But my will be done. And they... Adam... For humanity... Sold our will... Into slavery... To sin. And everybody who is born... Outside of Christ... Is born into slavery... To sin. But the second Adam... He came... And in a garden, once again, in another garden, in the Garden of Gethsemane, when he prayed and he said, Father, if you can take this cup from me. He knew it was going to be painful. He knew the, the suffering that was waiting for him. And he said, Father, if you can take this from me, but not my will, but thy will be done. And after he said that, he, the Bible says that he sweat great drops of blood. And that blood redeemed our willpower. Where Jesus said, Father, not my will, but thy will be done. He redeemed your will. So now we're not slaves to Satan. We're no longer slaves, but we have the power to say yes to God and no to Satan. To, say, to speak life and not death. To make the right choices that usher in the kingdom of God and to shut off the, the kingdom of darkness. Amen? So, I want to give you an example how the, the, the difference between heaven and wanting to manifest in through the soul into the body let's take for example healing many of many people have prayed we all deal with the broken world and sickness is part of the curse right that adam ushered in so when somebody prays for healing and we teach this a lot here because we're we believe that We want to continue the ministry that Jesus started over 2,000 years ago. And he came and he healed the sick. And so healing is already ours. Okay, Jesus provided when he took those stripes upon his back, he provided for our healing. So if you have healing already provided by Jesus Christ, but in your mind and in your emotions you are dealing with fear, anxiety and unbelief are you going to get what's in your spirit which is healing manifested in your body why is God holding back your healing we get so mad at God don't we we say God why and God is like it's already yours it's God is like dude lady I've already done everything Okay, I've already done everything to give it to you. It's yours. But now we have to deal with the soul. That's where the battle is. And that's where we have to search our hearts and our thoughts and say, God, show me where is the disconnect? Where is the disconnect? Am I entertaining doubt and unbelief? Is there, you know, one of the ways that Satan comes in is through fear. There are four main doors that the enemy has access into our soul. And those are, the four doors are fear, the occult, sexual sin, and hatred, or unforgiveness. Those are the four main doors. So that's simple. When you're dealing with any disconnect, when you know, okay, this is the promise of God, this is what God says, but I am not experiencing it in my life, then you can come to the soul and say, God, show me where in my mind, in my emotions, I have opened the door to the enemy to come in and lie to me and convince me that the truth is not for me. And he will show you. See, an example in the Bible of, of what I'm talking about is where the disciples, this father brought his son to him, and he said uh, his son was demon-possessed, and he, he actually brought the son to the disciples. And the disciples couldn't cast the demon out of the boy. And so Jesus comes, and, you know, he's watching this whole crowd. They're all... Routed up, you know, because this kid was, you know, this demon was causing this kid to foam at the mouth and throw himself into the fire. And this demon was really putting on a show to do what? To stir people up in their soul, to get their emotions stirred up, to get their thoughts all, you know, oh, my goodness, you know, what, on, on the situation. And so when Jesus comes... And, and he looks at the situation. The father says, you know, he says, do you believe? He asked the father, do you believe? He said, the father says, I believe, but help my unbelief. So he believed, you know, if he didn't believe that his son could be delivered of this demon, he wouldn't have brought the son to the disciples or to Jesus, right? I, that's why I tell people, when they come to the healing rooms, I have no doubt that you believe. Because you wouldn't have gotten dressed and got into your car and driven here. If you come to church, if you come to get prayer in the healing rooms, you believe. But there's unbelief, just like this father says, but help my unbelief. In the soul, there is there's a battle. That's where the battle is. There's a battle to get us out of our promises, where we cannot experience the full promises of God into our life. So there are two kingdoms that are at war. It's either, you know, the kingdom of a light that wins or the kingdom of darkness. And we want the kingdom of light to win in our lives. Amen? And so the way that we get the the mind renewed, one of the scriptures that I want to uh, share with you um, is from, and then I'm, I'm landing this plane here. Colossians 3 says, Since then you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above where Christ is, Seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. Now, what this word really means here where it says set your mind on things above, that actually means when you break a bone. Anybody ever broken a bone in here? Okay, if you've broken a bone... You do, you go to the doctor and they set that bone back into place, right? They put a cast around it, and that's what that word means, is to put a cast around your mind, set your mind, because your mind has been broken by sin. We naturally are self-destructive. We naturally make, make the wrong choices. We naturally get confused about the message that we get from the spirit and we choose to go with the flesh, right? That's what Paul said. The things I don't want to do, I do. And the things I want to do, I don't do. You know, the, the, the battle, the contradiction, even Paul is talking about. So the solution is set. Your, your, your soul, your mind, your thoughts, your emotions, your feelings are broken. But the Bible says, set your mind on things above. Set means put a cast around that brokenness, around that broken soul. And, and, and set it on things above. But see, so many times what we want to do, we want to set our mind on things. Exterior things. Because that's the natural way to do. And we want to anchor our soul into people. We want them to meet our soulish needs. And we uh, anchor our soul in things, in stuff. And we think, if I can get this car, if I can get this dress, if I can get this... I don't know what you guys... Like I don't know, uh, probably you guys are more into the cars, but you know, if I can get you know a house that makes me look successful, you know, it's the wrong thing. Because guess what? That's not your inheritance. Your inheritance is in the spiritual world. In other words, God doesn't want us set our soul on things that are perishable. See, people, there's nothing wrong with anchoring our soul in people. People in itself, they're not bad, but when we give them the power to make us happy, when we put our dependence on them to meet our needs, our emotional needs, our soul is going to be very vulnerable because people will let us down. No matter how much someone loves you, they will let you down. They cannot be God to you. They cannot meet your every need, even if they try. And it's not fair to them for you to anchor your soul and your needs of the soul into them because God never created your soul needs to be met by the exterior. God wants us to anchor our soul in his word. But, you know, we as humans, we want to anchor our soul and and have people and things and a job and a position, you know, if I can get this title, if I can get this position, if I can get this degree, you know, I'm going to feel good about myself. And then, you know, we see people who get all of that and they're still broken. They're still depressed. They're still not soul. It's never enough because our soul was never designed to be dependent on the stuff on the outside, and to be anchored. Our soul was created to be dependent on God and the Spirit of God. Amen? And so tonight, I want to encourage you to focus on your soul, to train your soul, to set your mind on things above. And the way you do that is through repetition. Repetition. Is so... You, you have to be so careful. You know, I even sometimes listen to music. And, you know, it, it's... I can't stand repetition. And, you know, I used to think, why do I get so angry when I hear repetition in a song? It's because, especially if it's the wrong message. Because its intent is to get its idea into your soul. And so... What we want to do is we want to get... That's why the Bible says that we are to meditate on the Word of God day and night. Day and night. So we are to... That repetition that we need for the soul. You know, when you put that cast on, that broken bone, do you just put it on for an hour and then you take it off and then you're gonna, your bone is going to get healed? No, you have to leave it there for a long time until that bone is set. Same thing with the mind. It's not... An hour on Sunday and an hour on Wednesday. You guys are getting extra, you know, strength there to come alongside. It's important that we we don't take the cast off when we leave church. But now we use other ways to reinforce the word of God in our lives. And we do that even, you know, in the example of the story that I mentioned of Jesus, you know, casting out the demon from the boy. And, you know, afterwards, the disciples were like, Jesus, why couldn't we do what you just did? Why couldn't we cast out that demon? And Jesus said, these only come out through prayer and fasting. In other words, God wants us to live a lifestyle of constantly putting the right information into our soul. Now, you guys are ahead by being here tonight because you got some you got downloaded some information that now you, you can take and you can use to get the tools that you need to get stronger in your soul. And so the word of God is very important. You know, I love not just reading the word of God, but hearing the word of God, because the Bible says that the, that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And you know what? I crave it. You know, I crave it. I usually like to get into the word and I get my Bible app and I, you know, blast it, you know, uh, just so my soul can hear it. You know, not just my physical ears, but my soul. I want the word of God to get into my soul. And I, you know, I turn it up. And there are times when, you know, I have to jump out of bed for one reason or another. And I miss getting the word. And, you know, then I either get cranky or impatient or whatever. It's like, I'm, I'm missing something. My soul is not right. And then I, I realize, oops, I, I haven't gotten the word in me today. Or sometimes I'll just feel like something is missing. Something is not right. And it's like, oh, my goodness, I need the word. See, when we're healthy, when we're properly trained, we're going to crave the good stuff. If you don't believe me, I mean, this even works for your body. You know, if you detox your body and you stop eating sugars and, you know, unhealthy junk stuff, and then you start eating healthy stuff, when you go back, we had this pumpkin roll uh, that we got from when we went to the mountains, and it has all this cream in the middle, and it just looked so good. And, you know, I'm trying to be good and, and eat healthy, And, you know, I very rarely eat any refined sugars because, you know, I love apples and fruit and stuff. But that pumpkin roll looked so good, you know, and it's like it's the perfect weather and everything, you know, for a slice of that pumpkin roll. And I I went to eat and after two bites, I literally started feeling sick. I was like, this is super sweet and this is not making my body feel right. So I stopped eating it. See when we feed our soul, I know sometimes we say feed your spirit. Your spirit, honey, is already is already got everything because Jesus is in there. You're seated with Christ, right? Christ lives in you. It's your soul. When you start feeding your soul, the Word of God, and you spend time meditating on that Word, and you spend time. Communicating with the Lord and and the Holy Spirit comes in, he starts detoxing you. And sometimes it's not pleasant. You know, when the Holy Spirit comes and he detoxes your soul, man, it's tough. It's tough, but it's worth it. It's so worth it. If you've ever detoxed your body, you get headaches, you're shaky, you know, you feel nasty, but it's worth it, right? When you get on the other side, you're like, man, I feel so great. That's why fasting is so important. You know, not only are we, when we fast, not only are we detoxing our bodies, which affects our soul. See, when you're sick all the time, that affects your soul, wouldn't you say? So we all work together, the body, the soul, and the spirit. we got to work together because this is the temple of the Holy Spirit, right? This, is, th- this belongs to God just as much as your soul. And we are to allow the Holy Spirit to work through from the outside in and from the inside out. The most powerful work is really from the inside out. To where our mind is renewed, and now we make the decisions, the right, the proper decisions. And now, you know, we're walking in the blessings and the favor of God. Because, see, a lot of times we can have the Word of God, and we can know every scripture about healing, but if we are abusing our bodies, guess what? We gotta be good managers. You can know every scripture about success and prosperity and how Christ has redeemed us from the curse of poverty and he he wants to give you everything that you need and more but if you go and you do not manage your finances guess what it's the word of God is not you're not going to experience it in your life because you're mismanaging the resources that God has given entrusted unto you. And so we have a responsibility as well, but if our minds and our, our, our soul and our emotions are transformed and our will now is able to bring out of our spirit the, the reality of the kingdom of God, now it's, it's kind of like it's effortless. The Holy Spirit makes it effortless. We don't have to fight and work and do. That's religion. We don't have to work and do, do, do to be good. All we have to do is be. See, religion says do. God says be. You are my child. You are my son. You are my daughter. I am pleased with you because you love me because you seek first my kingdom and my righteousness. And now I can entrust you with everything else because, you know, you're not putting your dependence and trust in people and and in stuff and in things that are visible, but you're putting your dependence and your trust in me. And God says, I can trust you with with the stuff, with the other things. And it's easy. See, Jesus came to restore us to a relationship with the Father. Because out of that relationship is where all the provision comes. We're not slaves in the Father's house. We're sons. He's given us access to everything, all the healing, all the provision, all the deliverance is ours because of who we are, not because of what we do. See, if we have a slave mentality, we say, if I do all of these for God, if I serve in church every time I go to church, if I go to prison ministry, and if I go to homeless ministry, and if I do, 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 then God is going to be pleased with me and I'm going to get my healing. It's not a slavery mentality. It's a sonship. It's a relationship. And God is calling us into that relationship to say, you know, just to think that God has gone through through such length to send his only son to restore us. The first Adam broke our relationship with the Father, disconnected us from the Spirit, from, from God. Now, Jesus Christ, the second Adam, he came To restore us back to the Father. And to think, that is so amazing. And all we have to do now is get a hold of our soul. And, you know, instead of our soul bossing us around, we boss our soul around. You got to get a hold of your soul. Yes, your soul may be broken. Yes, some bad stuff has been downloaded in your memory maybe through childhood trauma, maybe through bad experiences, but that is not excuse for you to stay there because Jesus redeemed your willpower already. So you can say, no, 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 this is not how it's going to be. This is how it's going to be. And you get the word on it. You get the word of God. This is how it's going to be. This is how my body, body, this is how you're going to be. This is how it's going to be. You become, see, that's where our power and authority comes from. That's That's where Christ has given us the power and the authority that we can be in charge. And not be puppets and influenced by our feelings and our thoughts. But we can say, no, no, no. I bring every thought into the submission right now. What does the word of God say about this? And now we renew our minds. We repent for thinking the wrong way. And now we renew our minds with the word of God. Amen? I hope you got something out of this. And I pray that, I pray that you're going to see a transformation. I believe that we're at a place in the body of Christ where we need a transformation. To where we need to see breakthroughs in our lives. I am sick and tired of God's people being broke, busted, and disgusted, and sick and tired all the time. It's time for the real church, for the real body of Christ to arise and be the body. See, if Christ is the head, he's not sick, he's not tired, and he's not broke. So we got to get connected to the head, to the mind of Christ, and now let what's in the mind of Christ be the expression in the body. Amen? Let's stand tonight as we close and as we pray. You know, we need the Holy Spirit to make this transition. We can hear it. it. You know, I can give you example after example, but unless the Holy Spirit comes, he's the paracletos he's the one the splinter that comes alongside and he helps us in our weakness he helps us in our brokenness and so i just want us as we close tonight to invite the holy spirit we can know this stuff but it's harder it's hard it's hard to do i understand i'm human too I, you know, I probably get attacked more than a lot of people because of my position. I know the battle. I know I, I've I've fought some battles in my years. I know it's hard. I know it in my head, but when you get out there and you're faced with circumstances, you're faced with realities we need to strengthen our inner man we need to exercise so that our reaction is not going to be going with the flesh but our reaction is to go with the spirit what does the word of god say about this situation I'm not going to allow fear. I'm not going to allow my emotions. I'm not going to allow anxiety. I'm not going to allow the lies of the enemy to control me. But I'm going to allow the Spirit of God. So we just need a fresh dose of the Spirit of God to fill us and to help us take this word and walk it out. So Holy Spirit, tonight, We invite you to come and take this word, God. I pray that this word would fall on good soil, God. That our hearts are good soil, God. For us to receive your word. To receive the seed of this word, God. And that this seed would go into the soil of our hearts. And Lord, produce. Produce the fruit of the Spirit, God. So Holy Spirit, we just invite you to come and make this word. Greater than any past experiences that we have had. Greater than any disappointment. Greater than any abuse or brokenness, God, that's in our soul. Holy Spirit, just come right now and heal us. Heal that brokenness. Heal. And Lord, we just ask you to even reveal tonight, if there's an opening, an open door, that we have allowed the enemy to come in, into our mind and into our emotions God, that you would help us identify it. Holy Spirit, that we would close that door. We would bind that spirit first that has come in and occupying our mind and our thoughts and our emotions. We would bind that spirit. I just hear in my spirit right now, somebody needs to bind the spirit of rejection. The enemy has brought in a spirit of rejection Into your mind and into your soul, and that spirit is bossing you around and telling you who you are and who you're not. Right now, you got to bind that spirit of rejection in the name of Jesus. Bind that spirit and command it to leave. Somebody here, there's a spirit of fear that's controlling every decision that you're making, you're questioning every decision that you're making, you're double minded right now we bind that spirit of fear in the name of jesus lord we release god confidence a sound mind in the name of jesus i declare over you that god has not given you a spirit of fear but a power love and a sound mind in the name of jesus in the name of jesus come on just bind those spirits that the holy spirit is revealing to you tonight. This this is this is the, the warfare. You're in charge of it. You gotta identify, Lord. What is in my mind? What is in my soul? What is in my emotion that is controlling my will, and I'm making the wrong decisions. And as soon as I as you identify it holy spirit we thank you we thank you he's helping you identify those things that are controlling your soul that are not of him as soon as you do that take your will and say right now in the name of jesus i bind you and i command you to leave right now in the name of jesus any lie that you've been believing every lie from the pit of hell that you have been believing right now, I want you to bind it and cast it out in the name of Jesus. I want you to replace that lie with the truth of the Word of God. Come on, somebody's getting their breakthrough right now. You're getting your breakthrough. There's, There's some spiritual warfare that's going on right now. This is it. This is between you and those spirits that the Holy Spirit is shining the light on. Come on, bind them. Don't tolerate them anymore. They're not a part of your DNA. They're not a part part of your soul anymore. They've lived with you long enough. It's time to evict them in the name of Jesus. Evict them right now in the name of Jesus. Bind them and cast them out bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank you tonight for deliverance. There's deliverance that's taking place right now. There's deliverance. You're being set free from years of bondage, from years of being a slave to these these spirits, to this mindset, the wrong mindset. God is giving you the mind of Christ right now. You have the mind of Christ. I declare that over you. You have the mind of Christ. You have the peace of God that passes all understanding. There's nothing broken and nothing missing. Because the Holy Spirit is coming in as the contractor. And he is repairing any brokenness. Right now, Holy Spirit, come and repair And restore anything that's broken, anything that's missing, God. God, you created each person in this room and each person listening. You created us, God, in your image. Now restore us to the original image, God. Bring us back to your initial intent, God. That we can live the abundant life, that we can... Lord, usher in your will here on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, we thank you, God. We thank you right now. You're restoring, you're healing, you are repairing. Lord, you are taking those viruses that have been causing us to malfunction. Lord, you are giving us a new mind. A new spirit, God. Your spirit. You're breathing new life right now. Hallelujah. We receive it, God. We receive it. Every chain is broken. Every bondage. Every yoke right now is being broken by the power of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we welcome your work in our lives and we pray that Lord the work that you have started here tonight God that you would continue to complete it until we meet you face to face Lord let us be a reflection of your glory let us be your ambassadors here on earth let us be an open door into all the things that you've provided God Let us not just only experience it for ourselves, but, God, that to give it to everybody we come in contact with, God. Let us be that conduit, God, that you can flow heaven's reality into this world, God. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in our lives, God. Here on earth as it is in heaven, Lord, let heaven Let us experience heaven, Lord, right now. God just wants you to experience a little bit of heaven right now. Hallelujah. Heaven, come. Heaven, come. Thank you, Lord. Lord, let us desire and crave this right here. Let us think on these things, God, as we leave here tonight. Help us, Holy Spirit. We need you. We can't be who you created us to be without your presence. So go with us. Help us. Teach us. Guide us. Counsel us. And make us more like Christ. In Jesus' name. Amen.